Hi, and welcome back to this edition of the Pastors Podcast. I'm coming to you uh, from Comstock Park, Michigan. We're located uh, just outside of Grand Rapids at Maranatha Bible Church. And today we are joined back with our special guest. Just kidding. Uh, with uh, Matt and Todd. I just go away long enough so I can still have the title special guest. Ah, uh, right. Well, you'll always be our special guest. Um, so we are continuing our series talking about sins of the tongue. Uh, we talked about uh, gossip. Um, we did a little overview of what the sins of the tongue were. Um, and today we are going to be talking about something that is related to gossip, um, but it's a little bit on the harsher side, and it is called slander. Um, so let's define that. What uh, what exactly is slander? How would you guys define that? Yeah, it's uh, or as gossip could potentially be true, maybe some usually is true. Uh, slander is a false statement, and there's there's more of a, a harsh. Uh, uh, a harsh motive behind it where you're looking to damage someone's reputation in the information that you're spreading. So I kind of see those as the kind of separation. Yeah, here's between. another definition. This is the sin of those who meet in corners and gather in little groups and pass on confidential tidbits of whispered information which destroy the reputation and good name of those who are not there to defend themselves. Hmm. And uh, so I think you're right, Matt. It's the intention, it's the motive behind that that wants to run down someone's reputation, to destroy their reputation, to hurt their good name, to cast them in a negative light in the eyes of other people. So whereas gossip is just the spreading of information that could be true or false, then this one, you're actually spreading that information, usually false information, with a intention to hurt someone, to destroy their reputation, to run them down in the eyes of others. So that's what makes it such a bad sin. Yeah, it's actually, uh, you can get some legal issues as well too, right? When you're slandering somebody uh, intentionally, maliciously trying to to take somebody down. And defamation <clears throat> of character. Defamation mm. of character, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and once again, just like the other ones we have talked about and the ones we will talk about, this includes even your online activity. And so you may be anonymous to the individual um, with whom you are slandering, but you're not anonymous to God. And so he, he uh, fully understands and knows exactly what you're typing as you're a keyboard warrior trying to, you know, <laughs> fight the good fight in your own mind. Um, but you know what's going on. So yeah. we have to be very, very careful. Yeah. Right? Um, and also, um, it can be the embellishment of truth. And so we, we tell a story and it may be a true story, but we embellish the facts to make somebody else not look as good in the narrative mm -hmm. that you're giving, and so you make yourself look better. So once again, as you guys said, it comes down to the heart. What is the purpose of you saying what you're saying? Are you trying to intentionally hurt that individual? Are you trying to lift yourself up? Um, and so slander is taken very seriously in the Bible. Um, but before we get there, um, slander and gossip are oftentimes paired up in the Bible. Um, see Leviticus 19, Proverbs 16, 2 Corinthians 12, but slander takes gossip up a notch. And so as you said, gossip, usually gossip is true. It's just you're sharing something about somebody that they don't want shared. Slander is almost always that lie with the intention of bringing that person down. So how can you kind of parse that out between the two as you look at it biblically? I mean, yeah, you can you can really see kind of three categories. You have gossip, you have slander, and you have lying. 
So, I mean, it's kind of, it's been said already. So gossip is usually true and it's, it's kind of that you're, you're wanting to divulge information. You're, you know, it's kind of that burning a hole in your pocket. You just, you got to spread it around. Slander has that, uh, I mean, it, it kind of takes that to a higher degree because it, it's again, coming back to a defamation of character, wanting to tear someone down and then lying could really be kind of a combination of those things where it's done in private or to your face. It could be good. It could be bad. Um, so you, you can really see they, which is, it's fascinating that, you know, we're so adept at sinning that we have to have all of these different words just to describe the words that are coming out of our mouth in a <laughs> sinful way. Um, but, but you can see there's, there's nuances to each one of them. But so all almost them. all slander involves lies, mm. but not all lies necessarily involve slander. Right. Right. So you can lie without necessarily damaging someone's reputation or hurting them. Right. Mm -hmm. But behind every slander is an attempt to hurt someone uh, and not, not in their presence. They're not here to hear it. So it's always an attempt to run down the reputation. Most likely yeah. a lie. Yeah. 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 That's a good way to put it. Yeah. That's good. Uh, yeah. It is amazing how the Lord has to parse out the sins that come out of our mouth. And it's amazing we can do an eight-week series on <laughs> just the sins that come just out. Just eight. Right. <laughs> right. Just on the sins that come out of our mouth. Uh, so what does the Bible say about slander? And, and I found this fascinating. Todd, you mentioned this last week talking about gossip, uh, how uh, we actually team up with the devil when we gossip. And slander is no different. James 3, and he actually says in 14 to 16, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. The wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly. So wisdom not from God is earthly, natural, Demonic, and then it says, "For where jealousy, selfish ambition exists, there is disorder and every evil thing." So when someone lies against the truth, they have jealousy. It means it's earthly, natural, and demonic wisdom, which is coming out of there. Mm. And so, you kind of see the the jealousy and the selfish ambition. Those are the the, the things in your heart that are taking roots that then produce, they, they could perhaps be the means by which or the, the motives behind why you're wanting to slander someone is because you could be jealousy of them. You could, they could be in a position that you want to be in or they're, they're getting things that you don't have. So you want to be able to tear them down essentially to, in your own mind, bring them down to your level and will elevate yourself up above them. So that those, the jealousy, I, I just find it helpful that James references those particular things because it's, it's that self-centered view that, that, that can drive those motives to tear others down. Yeah, it's interesting. It's one of the most common sins spoke of in the Bible. Slander? Slanderous. <laughs> and actually, I was just reading before we came on here that uh, one person said it is the, the sin mentioned most in the Old Testament. Mm. Slander. So just some verses, Leviticus 19.16, as you mentioned, you shall not go about as a slanderer among your people. Psalm, one, uh, Psalm 15, verse 3, he who does not slander with his tongue, those are the ones that are able to approach the Lord and abide in this tent. Psalm 101, verse 4, whoever secretly slanders his neighbor, him I will destroy. Proverbs 16.28, a slanderer separates intimate friends. Then you come to the New Testament, Ephesians 4.31, mm -hmm. let slander be put away from you. Colossians 3.8, put aside anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. And then 1 Peter 2, 1 and 2, uh, putting aside all malice and guile and hypocrisy and envy and all slander mm -hmm. like newborn babes crave the milk of the word. I mean, that's just a short sampling of Old and New Testament. So this is a, a, a sin that pervades the entire scripture. Yeah, and it's, it's fascinating, right? So if we bring this down to the practical daily living, as you're saying, it pervades the, the Bible as a whole. Yeah. And you, you think about, just go back to 
I don't know, the year 2020. And you think about, we had elections, we had scientists, we had all of these things going on, people saying, wear a mask, don't wear a mask, get a jab, don't get a jab, go to church, don't go to church, right, across the board. How many believers slandered either the president who won or the president who lost? How many believers were slandering the people making decisions over mask wearing and governors and um, you know those in, in control and how quickly that slander comes out of your mouth. Mm -hmm. How many jokes have we told slandering people that are in authority that we don't agree with yeah. their political preferences? Yeah. And so that's how quickly it comes. And I would say that's why it goes all the way back throughout the, in, in the whole Bible because yeah. it just mm -hmm. comes out. I mean, you go to Genesis 3, you could even say, you know, Adam's like, it's not me, it's the woman you gave me. Like, he starts slandering her as if, you yeah. know, and uh, and so you, you can see this sin coming up, and it's it's something we have to have a, a grasp on. Yeah, you mentioned the, the James uh, the James uh, 3 passage and just the, the union of jealousy and slander. Those seem to go together. Yeah. It's hard, I think, to separate those because oftentimes what's driving slander is jealousy in the heart. I want what you have. Uh, and and I don't have it, and so I won't, I'm going to bring you down. I'm going to uh, make people think poorly of you, so maybe I can get some of the attention that you're getting. That's right. That, that's that's pride at the heart of it is yeah. really what's driving it. So it's serious. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's I like Matt what you had said, and Todd you alluded to it as well. So you can know what's going on in your heart because slandering is coming out. Slandering is a, a fruit issue, right? right? Like so that's coming from that root in there. That's so, as the Bible would actually say, demonic, as it's in your heart, and that thing's coming out as slander, and so it's a it's a fearful place to be. Right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and so, the uh, we need to ask ourselves then. The Bible talks about it a lot. Um, we we've kind of alluded to this a little bit, but why why would we say this is such a heinous sin? Um, why would we say, hey, you know, um, this is something that we need to cut off quickly it's something that we can't even be entertaining where would you what would you say to somebody who said hey i i struggle with slandering other people yeah um let me let me give you just a few uh reasons why this is so serious and you mentioned one about the devil so it's a uh, characteristic of an accusing devil. So I think back to Revelation chapter 12, verse 10, that describes Satan as the accuser of the brethren. Yeah. So when we start accusing, slandering, same idea, someone, we're, we're participating in satanic things. Mm. That's what he does. That's characteristic to his nature. So that's one reason it's so serious. Another reason is it's characteristic of an unconverted heart. And uh, we were talking earlier about the Romans 1 passage where, you know, it describes the people who are abandoned by God, who are not living for the Lord, who've been given over, and it says that they, they are gossips, slanderers, and haters of God. Mm -hmm. So it's truly the mark of an unbeliever. Like this, this should have no place in the life of a, a believer because it's really a characteristic of an unbeliever. So it's characteristic of an accusing devil. It's characteristic of an unconverted heart. And then thirdly, it's characteristic of a divisive church. Mm. When I think about 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 20, Paul says, I'm afraid that perhaps when I come, I may find strife, jealousy, angry, tempers, disputes, slanders, gossip, arrogance, disturbances. 
And so he's writing to Corinth, the Corinthians, the church at Corinth, which was characterized as being a divisive church. Right from the first letter. Right, right? from I'm the first Paul, letter. Yeah. Paul, yeah. yeah, and so it's really a mark of a divided church. It's not the heart of a unified church. It doesn't promote oneness and harmony in a church. It actually splits the church into factions and divides divides the church. And so, and again, notice in that verse, 2 Corinthians 12, 20, he, he links it to jealousy. Mm. So he, he ties those two together. So those would just be some reasons why it's such a such a serious issue, such a heinous sin. Yeah, and uh, what you were talking about as far as, you know, it characterizes that of an unbeliever. I think of, you know, uh, really talking about unity and uh, looking back to uh, how we were before, you know, Ephesians 4, um, you know, it, it talks about we need to be diligent to preserve the unity and the spirit of the bond of peace, you know, uh, verses 17 to 24, it's the, you know, the put off, put on, you know, don't be like the Gentiles who are darkened in their understanding, mm -hmm. all these things. And we get to verse 25, and actually, uh, verse 25 to 32, there's a few different mentions, of, but the, the first one he talks about is speech. The, he talks, put off, put on, and then the first example is in speech, lay aside right. all falsehood. But then uh, going down verse 29, kind of more of a summary statement, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word is good for edification for the need of the moment. And then down in verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath, anger and clamor and slander be put away from mm -hmm. you, along with all malice. And then even going to chapter 5, you know, talking about these things, they should not even be named among you. Mm. Um, so, yeah, again, to, to your point, these are things that should not characterize uh, someone who is a believer, who is in Christ, who is regenerate. These, these uh, describe someone uh, naturally before Christ. Yeah, if you think about it, if you've ever been the recipient of slander... Think back maybe and think about sometimes maybe someone's done this and you found out about it. It is really hurtful. It really destroys uh, that relationship. It separates people. It, it just foments so much division and, and divisiveness. And so yeah. I think for us as pastors, that, that's why, you know, when we hear of it or whatever, if it happens in the church, it's such a serious issue because it strikes right at the core of you know, our command to love one another. We don't, we don't do this as believers because it hurts. It, 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 it's a mark of not love. It's a mark of hatred. And, and you see what damage it does to the church, the body of Christ. And it's just very destructive. So I think it's why it's important for us to address this. Yeah, the heinousness of the sin, I think, is, is um, <clears throat> exactly what you said when you look at it from a pastoral perspective and you see the sheep, they're essentially biting each other, right? And um, there's nothing good that can come. And you read the vast majority of Paul's letters all talk about unification, one body, one mind, right? And uh, we're not robots or clones of each other, but we have that one singular focus of Christ, his church, and the gospel and sanctification and all these things. Mm -hmm. And so when that comes into strife, and I think that's why he told Titus in Titus 3, right, was like uh, reject a factious man after one or two, yeah. three you know, times going to him. And I think most people don't understand like, the, the reason why that sort of um, speeds up the church discipline process because you could have somebody that you're working with and he's out sharing lies and, and gossiping and slandering other people and you're trying to go through this with him and you know what he's doing and he keeps repenting but he keeps doing it. 
Well, that's going to cause so much division in the church, which is the antithesis to Christianity, which yeah, we want yeah. unity in the church. And so that's why you look down on it. You, you look down at that sin. You say, man, this thing coming into the church is just going to cause all these factions, which you would have to believe kind of putting the pieces together to First Corinthians. You got this church that's saying, hey, I was baptized by this guy. I was baptized by this guy. I was baptized by this guy. And Paul's like, hey, you got to stop all this unification. You got you to gotta be unified, but stop slandering each other. Because you can imagine somebody who's baptized by Paul. They're like, hey, <laughs> Paul baptized me. It's a pretty good deal. <laughs> it's a pretty good deal, right? Uh, and so you see that start coming in. Um, and the other thing I would add is uh, Psalm 101.5, I think is interesting. Whoever secretly slanders his neighbor, him I will destroy. And so when you slander, you're, you're putting yourself in a position and you're committing a sin that God said he'll destroy. Now, I know people always say that God hates his sin but loves the sinner. He's not talking about here destroying the sin. He's talking about destroying the sinner. So when you are slandering, you are literally committing the sin that God says you will be destroyed for, mm. right? That word destroyed in Hebrew could also mean silenced. So Take your pick, whether silenced by death or destroyed by death, you'd want. It's up to you. Um, but the point is this. It's such a heinous thing in God's sight that he specifically calls this out to say, this one, I'm going to come at you because I don't, he doesn't like division, right? And he yeah. doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't like that evil kind of speech. So Yeah, and ultimately, I mean, I think we've all said it. It's, it's, a, it, it's showing what's in your heart. Um, so by the time it's gotten to that point, we have to be looking inward and say, okay, what, what's taking root in my heart? I mean, that's... That's that's really uh, the the important thing as we think of ourselves individually here. You know, again, uh, you see this command, and then you see speech being the first example of it. Proverbs four twenty three: Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. The very next verse: Put away from you a deceitful mouth, and put devious speech far mm. from you. Um, I mean, let's let's say it. Why why is it so often in the Bible? It's because we struggle yeah. so much with it. If you see a command as many times as you see it. It's probably because you need to work at it that much harder. <laughs> I don't yeah. see it. Oh. So, yeah, it's fine. you got to open your Bible. <laughs> There'll be a counseling session after yeah. this podcast. <laughs> right. One of the things, just to add to that, there's an interesting verse in James 4, 11, and 12. Do not speak against one another, brothers. He who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks against the law and judges the law. Mm-hmm. So he says, when you, when you slander or accuse or speak against someone, you're actually speaking against the law of love. You're breaking that law. We're to love one another, Mm -hmm. that royal law. And then verse 12, he says, there's only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy, but who are you who judge your neighbor? It's in the context of slander and accusing Mm -hmm. others by our speech. So he essentially says, when you take it upon yourself to run people down, slandering their reputation, you've taken the position of judge. Hmm. And James says, you have no right. That's not your position. There is one lawgiver. There is one judge, the Lord Jesus Christ, God himself. And so you actually usurp his role. You Hmm. take a role that is not yours Hmm. and you act as a judge. And so again, just in the context of why is this such a heinous sin, we take God off his throne. We put ourselves on the throne mm-hmm. and we start saying things about people that is very destructive. It's mm, good. And just imagine all that in Matthew, uh, was it tw- uh, 12, 36? We have to give an account for every careless word. Yeah, that's scary. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to, yeah. That's one of the scariest verses in the Bible, I would yeah. have to say. Yeah. So lastly then, we know the heinousness of it, the characteristics of it. 
Um, we have to know how do we combat this, and how can we as as uh, born again yet, you know, as uh, you said a couple Sundays ago, the harmatological hangover of sin, which yeah. comes in, and so we still have these things rolling around in our hearts and minds. Um, how do we combat this sin? How do we actively combat this, and what can we do? Well, you know, uh, part of it is just, uh, is this... Uh, what we're around, right? You know, Ephesians 5 had mentioned that these things should not even be named among you. So, uh, I mean, are we hanging around with people who are encouraging this type of behavior, gossips themselves, you know? I think of Second uh, Timothy 3. You know, this, again, the, in the time, uh, difficult times will come, men will be lovers of self, so on and so on. Uh, in, that, in that list, there'll be uh, malicious gossips without self-control, uh, slanderous, all these things. We say avoid such men as these. <clears throat> Um, so we we don't even want to be uh, associating uh, with anyone that's that's excusing this uh, yeah. for for any reason or promoting this uh, in any way. Yeah, that's good, Matt. I think too, it, it just really comes down to what's the second greatest commandment: love your neighbor as yourself. Is this loving? Yeah. Is this kind? Is this gracious? Am I am I promoting love towards this individual right now, or am I harming them? Mm. So, you know, we can talk about, you know, how do you, how do you say nice things about people? And the, that, that's all part of it, but that, that's almost more external. Right. You said it. It's the heart. Yeah. What's driving this? Our heart as believers is you will know them by their love. That's right. So do we love one another? Do we truly care for one another? If we do, we're going to speak truth and we're going to build each other up. Uh, and we're going to edify one another with our tongues, not curse and tear people down. So it really comes down to where's my heart towards them. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, when Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And what is his commandment? You know, love the Lord your God and your neighbor as yourself. And so the words that are coming out of your mouth are going to show your love for Christ. Yeah. So if you're if you're not giving loving words to your to people, this isn't even. Uh, I think sometimes we can contextualize this and say, "Hey, I speak to my brothers in Christ. I speak to them with love." But the outside world, I don't speak, right? So that's your real person, then, right? Yeah. Like that's yeah. you're not the real person right. when you're around your brothers. So we have to make sure that across the board, um, the words that are coming out of our mouth are uh, things that are good. I think what end of Psalm 19, right? May the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, and so praying that. The things that are in your heart are coming out. And I think for me, that's going back, we said this last time too, Colossians 3.8, and uh, the classic section on put-offs and put-ons, he says, but now you also put them all aside. So that but means you're now saved, you're a believer, you're born again, you're regenerated. Uh, you lay aside anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech from your mouth. So this is that the characteristic of the old man, you know, and why would you want to be known by the old man mm. anymore? Um, and and I, I love Romans 6, and Romans 6 gives you that, like, you know, here's what you were, here's who you are. Yeah. You know, this man is dead, and then we're given the that active imperative. You need to reckon that old man dead, consider him dead. And so if you are saved, and if you are considering that man dead, then why do you still act like him, yeah. is what Paul is saying. Yeah, I would add one more thing. Just, <clears throat> you know, as pastors, we love the church, and we would not want to do anything to harm the church and so I just think you, you don't even have to be a pastor to think that way. Right. A believer loves the body of Christ. They love the church. It's not perfect, but everything in us as true believers is to 
is to show just how sweet the church is as a reflection of Christ. He bought it. He died for it. He owns it. Uh, our unity is a reflection of, of him. And so how could I hurt and destroy a fellow brother or sister in Christ? You know, so mm-hmm. I, I think about the church side of it as mm-hmm. well. And mm-hmm. we could talk about unbelievers and how we respond to them. And obviously it's a similar thing. But within the church, within the body of Christ, we, we should do, be doing everything we can to promote its unity, its oneness, its harmony, mm-hmm. that sweet fellowship. And anything that would destroy that, uh, we, we should run away from that. And mm-hmm. so I think that's part of it as well. Yeah, it reminds me of Galatians, right? Paul says, do good to all, especially those of the yeah. household of faith. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, guys, I hope that was helpful um, looking at slander. We pray that this is uh, a sin that you don't struggle with, but if you do, that you could put some of these things into practice and uh, hopefully be able to combat that sin in your own life. So we thank you for listening, and uh, we will see you next time.